Let's talk about uh, neurolinguistic programming. In simple terms, neurolinguistic refers to the way our minds process language and programming to our ability to process that which we perceive through our five senses or more senses. <laughs> Somebody once said, you cannot succeed unless in your mind you have become the one who already succeeded. Simply put, it means that if the subconscious mind believes it, then it is real. So neurolinguistic programming is an effective modality for reprogramming our subconscious minds and in improving our behavior in general. It's if you were to give a name to a modality that change your can change your behavior is this. In short, NLP is how to use the language for the mind to consistently achieve a specific desired outcome. One of the creators of uh, neurolinguistic programming, Richard Bandler, describes it as an attitude, a methodology, and a technology. So indeed it is. It is an attitude. It's a way of... Um, it's a way of, of showing up, a desire to learn skills, to find out what kind of communication um, influences the body uh, or influences somebody and the kind of things worth knowing. To look at life as a rare and unprecedented opportunity to learn and grow. It's also a methodology, which means that behavior has structure, and that structure can be modeled, learned, taught, and changed or reprogrammed. In fact, it is. The behaviors that we learn from our family, the way we learn to eat, is through observation, our environment, right? So it is a behavior that we pick up that we also can change. It is learned, therefore it can be unlearned. So, and it is a technology uh, where skills and methods enabling the practitioner to organize information and perceptions and in ways that allow them to learn, grow, and improve themselves and their relationship with everybody around them. It's a system. It's a structured system. It's a methodology, truly. It's a way of thinking. Um, <clears throat> so let's look at uh, the words neuro, linguistic and programming. Neuro 
It refers to the brain, obviously, and the neural processes. Neurons are the messengers used by the nervous system to send, receive, and store signals we receive. And these signals from the outside are from our senses. So the visual, auditory, kinesthetic, they're olfactory and uh, gustatory. So what we see, what we hear, what we touch, what we smell, and what we taste. In addition, we, we generate internal signals as well, such as thoughts, feelings, and emotions. So then, the next word, linguistics. It means language. I like to speak about language and linguistics and because this is truly the biggest downstep that I learned about um, in my journeys through um, in my vertical journeys of exploring the cosmos. <laughs> Um, and in the various incarnations that I've had, um, it seems that language is um, a downstep here in 3D that truly is the primal sound is from which everything emerged. And so it moved into light. And for us to communicate, we emanate a sound, right? And we, we give it, we give it a symbol. We give a letter, the sound, a symbol. And so we learn to read these symbols. And what we read, how we interpret it, it creates our inner world and understanding of the world and of who we are and the meanings that we give to those words. Because even though we may, we may say the same word, but that word may have an agreement to be something specific for both of us, but are for the whole community, right, um, for everybody. But we do see different versions of that particular word. So that means that there is a world of that word. And that is truly the, the propagation of the light and sound from the, from the primal <laughs> source of creation and the downstep until it comes as a sound through you. So I deviated, but linguistics really means language and um, dictionary, the dictionary defines it as the structure of language divided into two subfields, like the phonetics, which is the study of speech sounds, and their physical aspects, and phonology, 
the study of speech sounds in their cognitive aspect. So in neurolinguistic programming, we look at both of these aspects, what you say and how you say it. We look at what you say and how you say it. However, language is not restricted just to the spoken word. If neuro is the incoming signal, linguistics is how you interpret the content of the incoming signal. Your subconscious works in symbols. Linguistics converts your neurodata into symbols. And uh, it does that for your subconscious to process. In this regard, you convert from the, um, from the following input. It is pictures, sounds, feelings, tastes, smells, words, including the self-talk. Thoughts. So all that creates, builds the inner map of linguistics within you. Uh, programming is the way we think, the way we process the information, the information, and the way we act. It's just like operating a, a software on a, on a computer. We think, we process, and act in order to achieve a desired outcome. So our programs are a combination of genes, activated genes, non-activated genes, Upper bringing, inheritance, mood. Are we happy? Are, you, are we joyous? Are we sad? Are we depressed? Family and parents. Modeling certain people, the ethnicity, where we come from, our environment, the experiences that we've lived the feelings, the intuition, all that really creates our programming. So we receive signals through the neural system, interpret these signals into a language we understand through linguistics, and then run this language through our subconscious mind, which is coded with motivating and demotivating drivers as well, which is the programming. So what is necessary here for us to truly respond to the right programming is to become aware of the programming that we have. It has to be recognized first in order to be addressed It's like maybe you can see that you're overweight and you know you are because you look at yourself in the mirror, you look on the scale, you look at yourself in comparison with other people, 
you think you should be thinner. You think you know that you want to be skinnier. But somehow it's just easier to, you know, stay how you are uh, instead of, you know, challenging yourself. Let's just say that's the case. That's a, that's a right there. That's a behavioral pattern that has a ton of implications as for how it got to be that way. So it's a program that needs to be addressed, busted, and, you know, re-released and uh, installed a new program of uh, self-love and appreciation and no need to self-punish in any way and acknowledging of the beauty of the self so truly the most impactful change that we can um that we can uh, take a uh, responsibility for individually is starting to look at our life and how, what's the frame of it? What's the frame in which you live? Is it a happy one? Or is it not a happy one? And if it's not happy, why is it not happy? What are you telling yourself about yourself? Truly notice how many disempowering conversations do you have? Do you even know that they are disempowering? Becoming the observer, because these programs sometimes are really layered. Anywhere, anytime we experience some sort of a, a stop is because we have a stop. We experience a stop within somewhere. And it shows up in, in the external world. So, when you become your own detective of the way you talk to yourself, what you tell yourself, how you tell yourself, how much emotion do you bring to what you tell yourself, that's when you start developing real power. And what do you do with that information once you observe it? Uh-huh. Once you observe it, you can say, busted, I see you now. And know that that program of self-negation, because it is, you're, it is a program that is negating you, the full capacity of you. If it is a limiting belief that is stopping you from fully, fully, being fully actualized, then it is not a program that you want to keep. So you want to release it that's how you identify what kind of a program it is sometimes they're very sneaky so 
you want to have values. You want to look at your values. Have you ever thought about your values? What are your values? How do you discern what your values are? And when your values are compromised is when you're 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 out of integrity with yourself and you you got to put yourself on the right path. So sometimes when we don't honor our values, when we withhold information or when we, yeah, mostly when we withhold or even change it for that matter. Um, But when we withhold information, when we withhold who we are, um, our true expression, um, it truly has an, uh, an effect on who we are becoming. So there is so much information out there, out there, that it can become severely overwhelming. And If we're not training ourselves to go within, to recharge, to know that who we are is created, the creation of source, and we are here to be fully actualized, whatever that means, but we're here to be fulfilled, to experience life and joy, right? So, truly looking at the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves involves looking at the emotions, truly looking. A lot of times we don't want to look or we look at the surface without wanting to really go deeper. But... um, We've done quite a bit of work on ourselves and on this planet over the last two years, two and a half years, and maybe three years even. And we're still clearing out. We're still clearing out for sure. There's more layers to go because authenticity requires dropping the inauthenticities. And we all have them, primarily with ourselves. A lot of times we don't even know we have them because they're normalized. We normalize the things that we're not in alignment with, but we just put them aside. Even just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about things that um, you know, discipline is something that absolutely works. When we get to to, to fully be um, in alignment with ourselves, there is no reason why not to be disciplined. And discipline means different things for different people, but as an overall definition, 
Discipline means showing up for yourself. If you make an agreement with yourself, show up. And you're showing up, so you're being disciplined. Why would you not show up to an agreement that you make with yourself? Why would you not want to listen to yourself if you're saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to wake up at 6 tomorrow because I want to go for a run. And then the morning comes and it's like, oh, I don't want to go. But it's, why? Because the bed feels better? But that means that you're not keeping your word to your, with yourself. Well, yeah, but the bad feels so good, right? How many excuses can you find <laughs> for why you wouldn't get up? When you run out of, out of excuses, then what? I wonder. What do you do when you run out of excuses? When you have to do it. Not because anyone tells you, but because you tell yourself. Why, would, why do we need everybody's approval? Why do we need external approval? That's because we have been so wounded and disapproved of who we are. This, is, this has been passed down to us generationally. So these generations that are here now, X, Y, and Z, <laughs> I guess interwoven, we are co-creating the new earth as we are releasing the distortions of the past so so that we can live in a higher frequency domain so we can create beautiful beautiful experiences all the time so that we can live in bliss why not truly we can create heaven on earth and it is through the volition of you you have to say the you have to say yes to you because you're here this is life you've chosen it i've chosen it we chose to be here at this point in time, as hard as it is, we are collectively going through this activation, galactivation. We are moving into the higher realms. And so we are elevating ourselves first. And we are sharing ourselves with others, which is also letting go of embarrassments, letting go of any kind of thought parasites that would just eat up at your light and wouldn't let you be you, would um, contaminate 
your mind with negative thoughts. No, we say no more. We say no more and we take our power back. We take our power back by listening to beautiful talks about ourselves, to maybe, maybe, maybe we can, maybe we can actually live in a prosperous, abundant, joyous, you know, loving earth. And guess what? It is here. That is here. We're just elevating ourselves to that level. And this is really... There's there's so many... Um, I have to say, this is really uh, almost unbelievable because Indigos, we've been waiting for this, you know, for a long time. It feels like we're finally getting on mission, right? And I bring this up because star seeds, indigos, crystals, Blu-rays, the guardians of the planet, the guardians, the ones who came and know that they are here to be the guardians. Um, there's something about planting codes of love around the planet. There's something about bringing beauty, creating it. It unifies us. It, um, it teaches us that we have a way out of any darkness. And when we really get that the significance of our life is directly proportionate with <laughs> well it's significant alone through the fact that we came here we are together all of us we are we are seeds of the universe, right? You know, I keep seeing this photo that I saw of our galaxy, of the galaxy taken by that telescope, um, that NASA, that famous NASA telescope that I can't think of the name now. But that galaxy, I was looking at it and it looked just like a brain, an expanded brain lit up in all its parts, in all its parts. And I keep seeing that. I keep seeing that because that's what's happening with us. 
we're expanding, our brains are expanding, our DNAs are getting activated as we are shifting. We are releasing, we are going through stages of development very, very fast and we are assimilating the development very, very fast. We're integrating and we are creating new aspects of self and life. And so as we are expanding, the galaxy is expanding. Or maybe, and vice versa, obviously, as we are part of it. So, well, I think I'm going to stop here. I started uh, with the neurolinguistic programming and I got to the universe. Very interesting. Well, I do want to say this, though. One more, one last thing. Everything tells a story. It is not just our words that indicate our mindset. Our mindset is certainly displayed in what we say. But this verbal content is only 7% of what we are communicating. Our tonality, the way we say things, represents about 38%. And finally, our physiology, our eye movements, the facial expressions account for 55% of what we are communicating So, consider the, the few physiologies that can be displayed, like the posture, one's posture, um, appearance and head movements, face expressions, body space, their eyes, their hand movements. I'm someone who uses my hands and arms a lot when I speak. Skin tone, tonality, right? So we, we make prolific use of digital communication and this leads to a lot of communication disconnect. So... Emoticons were introduced to bridge this gap in text so that we could convey the tone of the message sent. But is it always accurate? I'm not sure. I've noticed that with, with time, I've become more, I've started using more and more and more um, emojis. Um, but... Uh, it's interesting how we are expanding. There was a cynicism that I had around it in the beginning for quite some time, actually. There was a cynicism. And this is really, this was a program. This is a program that cynicism is a program that we can run. And when we run the program of cynicism, we look at pretty much everything through the filter of cynicism. For me, it was pervasive because it really stopped me from just appreciating things 
So once I saw it, it's, uh, it made a huge difference. But you, sometimes we can't see it unless somebody really points it out or you have a cathartic experience and you realize that you are cynical. What is your attitude to life? Do you see any cynicism present in any way? Well, until next time, I think this is it for today. Thanks, to, thanks very much for tuning in again. I am the Muse. Until next time, good night.